Well, hello, Fuel for Life Nation. I hope you're doing amazing. Thank you for listening to the Fuel for today. I'm praying that you are supremely blessed by it. And before we get into today's content, I want to invite you to a special one-night worship event that I will be hosting live and in person in Washington State. That's right, I'm coming to the Pacific Northwest, namely in the city of Tacoma on Saturday, March 12th. So please put that in your calendars. Saturday, March 12th, doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the event will begin at 7 p.m. It's going to be at Anthem Coffee in downtown Tacoma. We will have live worship, amazing coffee and food, and I will be delivering a very special gospel-saturated message to fuel your faith in Jesus. So if you're anywhere in the vicinity of Washington State, or even if you're in a different state, I would absolutely be thrilled if you would come out to this event And I would be ecstatic about meeting you in person, face to face. If you can't make it to the event and you know somebody in that area that would benefit from the event, please direct them to one of my social media pages so that they can get all the info there. I hope to see you pumped for the event on Saturday, March 12th. Now, let's get into today's content. Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. A lot of people use their jobs as their messiah. People think this job is going to save me. What happens when your health goes and you cannot make as much money or you cannot own this business or you cannot work for this company? If you've lived in Orange County um, in the last uh, 10 years, you know what we, everybody experienced in 2008, the financial crash that, ex- that um, uh, affected almost the entire United States. I, in my line of work, I've met people who went from owning 50 to 100 homes to basically renting, not even being able to afford a home, and they lost everything. I've met people in the financial sector who've lost all of their investments, all of their savings, and they're left with nothing. Even Social Security cannot help them out. And the thing is this, the only thing that's going to get you through those lean times is if you understand that your identity and your significance is in Jesus, not in your performance. Performance is a drug. It can be addicting. It can be intoxicating, but it is going to devastate you. And so Jesus is the answer to our performance-driven lives. And work is not, it's just a means, right? And, And here's the thing. Here's another thing that happens from work. If you're really good at something, and I know you're, all of you are good at something, very intelligent room here. Um, the thing is this, everybody knows you because of something that you do really, really well. If you think of yourself and you think, what are the three, four people closest to me? What are they going to think of me? What am I really good at? Think of that thing, right? Here's the problem with your sinful heart and my sinful heart. Whenever we're really good at one thing, we begin to use a thing called self-justification and we think we're good at everything. Have you ever met those people? 
they're good at like business and then they think they can, you know, be great at landscaping. It's like, no, you can be doing this or you can be doing that. But yet they still fool themselves into justifying, right? Some people think if they are able to, you know, cook at home, they can cook for 100 people in a restaurant. And when they get that opportunity, everybody's, you know, screaming that they got to go to the hospital afterwards, right? So the point is, we often use this self-justification thing because we think, oh, God, I'm so good at persuading people at my line of work. I'm going to do it everywhere. And people are like, no, you're really not that good. And you're like, no, but I am. Haven't you seen my track record? And you're like, well, you're comparing apples to oranges. You can't really do that, right? This is what success does to us. There's no stability in the life of a person whose significance is in their work because there's not a person in here who's going to have a peak their entire life. If you look at historically, people are going to have peaks and they're going to have valleys. There's nobody who had success all the time who never lost. Look at the most successful people in the world. They've had their ups and they've had their downs. The only way that you and I will be able to live through the lean times is if we have a ballast, something that, that stabilizes us. And that's, that's faith. That's faith in God. And here's the thing. Our whole life will get distorted when we try to seek for stability in work. Because our, our certainty of our worth needs to be grounded not in my work, but in, my, in, in what Jesus did for me. And here's the thing, friends. Work is a way for you to show people God, not a God that you use to show off to people. Okay? So work is a way. When I go to work, whatever work it is that I'm doing, I'm doing it faithfully. I'm doing it excellently. I'm doing it for the glory of God. And here's the point, friends. As we, as we talk about uh, stability... When we think of whatever work we're doing, when we're going to have an off month or we don't get the job we wanted or we don't get the promotion we wanted, guess what? We're going to remain stable. Our family is not going to experience a catastrophic emotional roller coaster because you came home and you're like, hey, I didn't get this client and now my whole week is ruined and yours is going to be ruined as well because I choose to make you miserable because misery loves company, right? We don't do that kind of a thing because we say, you know what? God gives sometimes, God takes away, let the name of the Lord be praised, right? And what do you know? The moment you stop seeking significance, God will make you significant. It's crazy. The moment you stop worrying about achievement, performance, success, significance, God just hooks you up because he's, the fa- he's our father and he does it like that. But every time we try so hard, God is like, just give it to me. Worry about the performance you have for me. And this is why last Sunday I said the hardest thing that you and I will ever believe is that Jesus loves you. Because if Jesus loves me and Jesus loves you, we don't need to seek significance from our work. Now, do we need to do our work excellently and faithfully? Absolutely. Show up early, leave late. Yes, but here's the thing. Our worth is not from there. You know why this is so important? Because you can handle rejection calmly. You can handle somebody not wanting what you're offering. Very calm. No problem. I'll find somebody else. You can handle people saying, I don't like what you did. Great. Jesus does love me regardless of what I do, right? Second thing I want to talk about. Not only work, um, a, a, a Christian work ethic gives us a stability that we absolutely need, but it also provides us with our worth. Now, here's the thing. Um, Martin Luther said that all the people who do like very simple work, very simple menial tasks are like the fingers of God. Okay. And our worth comes not from our work, but from Jesus's work on the cross. And here's the thing. If, if you really think about it, God worries about you and he takes care of you even when you don't even think about it. Some of us think, you know, well, 
people who we live in Irvine, uh, you know, very uh, second Silicon Valley business people, entrepreneurs, number one best run city in the entire nation, number one safest city, all these different accolades. So we might, we, at times we think, you know what, if people are not technological, if they're not entrepreneurs, well, or business savvy people, then they're really not providing much significance to the world. But think about how God orchestrates the world. Think about it this way. The people who are, for example, truck drivers who go to farms and pick up produce and then put it in the grocery stores that we go and conveniently take that, that's literally God ordering the economy, orchestrating it. So somebody in a farm picked uh, produce and then we enjoyed it in our food. This is God literally taking care of us. And in, even in the Bible, it says that it is God who strengthens the bars for our gates. It's God who keeps our city and our society strong and secure. God is taking credit for that. How is God doing that? Through very simple tasks, right? Through very simple acts of, of service. And so he's feeding us through farmers, through truck drivers, through all these different uh, things. And here's the thing. Um, unless you have a right theology about it, you're not going to value people in general. And when we look at schools, right, when we look at colleges, people think, okay, I need to graduate with this particular degree because that's going to provide me significance. That's going to provide me value. That's going to provide me worth. But what happens when, if you're a young person and you applied for that school, but they didn't want you or they declined you, right? If your worth is based on what people say of you or what a letter of acceptance is going to say about you, you're not putting your worth in the work that Jesus did on the cross for you. And here's a lot of times people ask me a question, well, how can I be a good, how can I be a good Christian in, in the environment that I'm in? People say, um, I, I grew up in, um, uh, in, in kind of a culturally Slavic, Slavic uh, Baptist culture. And in that particular culture, what used to happen in churches is that if you didn't do something on stage, if you didn't sing, if you didn't preach, then you pretty much really are not going to make much of your life. And so I was taught that, hey, if you're not doing this, you're probably going to be not going to be not as significant. But what I realized after reading the Bible and looking at it, that all work is significant. All of work is God's work. And so sometimes people come up to me and say, you know what, how can I glorify God in my work if I'm not in some sort of a professional ministry environment? People say, how can I be a good farmer? Well, let me give you a very bright idea. Produce great produce. Very simple. Don't let me break out in some hives after I eat these strawberries. It's a very, very simple way. People can say, well, how can I be a, a Christian barista? Make good coffee, right? It's just, it's as simple as that. Um, I once heard a pastor uh, speaking to a, uh, a pilot and this pilot's like, well, I'm in the air so many hours during the day. I don't really know how can I be a faithful Christian by working as a pilot. And this pastor answered very succinctly. He said, very simple way for you to be a good pilot. Land the plane. Right? It's very simple. It's like, land. don't let me crash in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and I'll praise Jesus for it. Now, pilot may say, but what about if I have to preach the gospel to everybody through the intercom? Okay, bro, like if you do that, that's icing on the cake. But land the plane first, okay? Like God will take care of like saving people. Land the plane first. We often think, let's say you're working in a restaurant and you're a waiter. How can you be a good Christian? Bring out my food on time. Very simple, right? It's like, you can't be a Christian server and say, you know what? Um, before I get you your steak, would you like to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ and how he can save you? Right? People are not going to listen to you. People are going to be like, no, I will not, number one. I don't want to talk about the God that doesn't want to hook me up with steak, first of all. 
And second of all, go ahead and do what the work you need to do. So a lot of times people are always asking me, how can I be a good Christian? Do your work well. It's like if you're, if you're a person who builds homes or does construction, do it in a way where like the rain doesn't get into my living room when I'm having tea with my wife. Very simple, right? If a person's like on the production line and making cars, how do, I, how do I be a good Christian? Make sure that when I press the stop, the brake, my car stops. <laughs> like, it's a very simple thing. So think about the work that you do. Whether you make furniture, you conduct business, you're an entrepreneur, you build things, you design things, you make food for people, you're a stay-at-home mom, do it well, do it faithfully, do it excellently, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.